When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows, featuring the biggest names from past and present. Hello there. I'm Mikey Burrows, and welcome to a very special episode as we count down to Derby Day in the FA Cup this weekend. But a slightly different episode than usual. In the first part, we'll hear from Matt Murray on what it's like to play in the atmosphere of a black country derby, the legacy that can come from performing well in it, and the heartbreak that he's experienced in these games. And then we'll hear from Ewan Roberts on modern strikers, that hat trick, and how he'll feel if someone takes his crown as the last Wolves player to score a winner at the Hawthorns. 28 years of hurt. Can somebody step forward and secure their Wolves' golden black legacy this coming weekend? First, here's Matt Murray on just how big a game this is. I joined Wolves at the age of nine. So you know when you've grown up in the area, you've been at a club, you know the biggest game for the Wolves fans is West Brom. That's it. So... And you know all the songs that go with it and and the banter and, you know, this little bit, you know, whenever that name gets mentioned, you know, how Wolves fans react. So I always think it should be a friendly rivalry, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, you've got to work with these people, you want the bragging rights. Of course, it's going to be a hostile atmosphere. You never want any violence. I so don't get that. But you, you should be yeah, very, very hostile. You always knew it was weird, like, when you played in those games, um, you do the school run with certain lads because your kids went to the same school. But then when you came to match day, it was like weird. You like you kept you went into the role of no, we gotta beat these and what it means to the fans. Um I used to go to the games when I was a schoolboy and again feel the atmosphere and I remember Paul Crichton being in goal for the Albion and the fans giving him stick and being a young schoolboy and you and Robert scoring the hat trick and you know, having that greeny kit on with the the you know, the the the, the kit with the V. Um I just I just remember those sort of moments. Uh and then with I was in the squad 
and I warmed up at the Hawthorns when I was about 16, 17 years of age. And we, we never have done well against West Brom. And I can remember Kevin Kilban curling a free kick over the wall past Stowley, but going out for the warm up and feeling that atmosphere. So answer your question, 100% a tingle. As soon as I saw that draw, that if we'd beat a Brentford, we were going to Albion. The way my phone reacted as soon as that draw happened and we hadn't even gone through for tickets requests and the way it's gone on ever since, yes, I get that tingle. And it does, because the COVID ones doesn't feel the same. So for me, it's the last time was when I commentated with Bomber Brown sat next to me and we got beat 5-1. Keith Andrews, my former youth team teammate, running down, cupping his ear, a manager that I love to bits, lads that I love to bits, having a really difficult time. So, yeah, I want to go there and we go on one. Can you explain to people what it's like to to be the Wolves goalkeeper who has to stand in front of the home supporters and there is no escape and you are a big guy and there is a lot directed towards you for for 90 odd minutes what goes through your mind what's the noise like what, how does it feel yeah i think when you go there so i go there as a pundit now and i'm up in that top corner and the fans love singing the liquidator at me and have the banter and it's all good fun um it's something that you know they're the games you want to play in okay so when you're a young kid growing up you're desperate to play in the black country derby it felt weird that when I was involved in lots of games, I still felt we should have been favourites, but we never came out on top. I'll be real with you, when we went to the Hawthorns and the Mick, it did feel like men against boys, and it was a real hostile atmosphere. Remember, I'd been doing well that season, but going into that game felt really, really nervous. And it's probably one of my worst games in a wall shirt, and it really something that ate away at me. Um, yeah, it's intimidating, especially when you go to the top end where your fans aren't, and they're giving you a stick and that. And, you know, I just felt on that afternoon we'd, we'd, we'd let them down. Um, so, yeah, look, it's intimidating. It's what you do. I remember the FA Cup game at our place. And, again, they we'd given all our tickets away and they'd left all the carrier bags behind us on the seat. And, again, it felt like men against boys. So when we played them the third time and Bothroyd got the winner, and that was probably one of my best games ever in the world, shit. And that was, I was so pumped and I sort of had a chat with myself, like, this can't happen again. It can't happen again. Like... Even though I wasn't that old, or what's 25 or something like that, I was one of the senior boys and I knew we had to step up that day. So it's a, quite a lonely place when you're having a tough time as a team and a tough time personally. But when you're performing against them and say like that one when we beat them 1-0, I just felt that day, I felt in the zone, then it's no problem at all. Then you, then you love it. You say in the zone. I mean, I remember um, a long time ago, we went down and filmed something with you at the Millennium Stadium. And yeah. and I and I had the privilege of just kind of walking around and we were walking around on the pitch and I was listening to you reminisce about stuff. And and I could see in your eyes that you were there in that moment, even when we were walking around at the time. And it, it strikes me that when there is so much going on in the stands, when there is so much intensity and noise. How do you stay in the moment and focus on your job? Yeah, so I used to have a really good coach called Pete Bonetti, God rest his soul, and he and then Bobby Mims as well. And they just sort of explained to you that whether you've got, well, more than you say 30,000 there or whether you're playing on a park, those fans can't actually affect the ball. 
so they can make all the noise, do all the stuff. But you do, when the ball, you take it more in when the ball's at the other end. When you're actually doing your bit, you just lock on the ball, you do your stuff. I can't explain to you, you're just there. And it's, it, it, you know, it's why you train hard and you do your stuff and you prep and you sleep right, eat right, do all the thing. But yeah, when you're in a, when you're feeling good, I imagine it's like for a batsman. When he's batting well, he just sees that ball and he picks it up and, It's the same in goal. You just sometimes have times when the ball just looks so big, everything slows down. You feel like your position is right. You're picking crosses early. You're reading where the striker's putting it. Um, I still think there's more pressure on the striker when they come through one-on-one. -on -one. And say when we won at Molyneux, the Demancy Kamara had a few moments. And I was, I think I was talking to someone about it the other day that we were 1-0 up. Jay Bothroyd had scored. You just felt like the roof went off. Um But then towards the end, Jamansi Kamara cut inside and it was like, it felt like, honestly, I still remember now, the whole stadium just took a big breath and went quiet. And then I made a save on something that we've been working on, just about improvising and it came off my shoulder and went over and then the relief and it was mad. It was just felt like that, making that save, sort of then one thought, yeah, we've, we've done this. I can still remember There was a moment as well where he came through one-on-one. -on -one. I got a bit of it on my leg. As he's trying to jump over me, he's knee me in the head. Neil Collins is gone and recovered, cleared the ball off the line. But that, my touch took enough pace off it. But again, it feels like while you're in that moment, you've got a whack in the head, your head's spinning a bit, the fans are... And then when you, you know, it scrambles you when you get kneed in the head, but then the fans sing to you. And it, it's mad just get this adrenaline. You're like, <laughs> I can go again. It's, it's all right. And um, yeah, so it's... Definitely is a home advantage. The fans will be massive. It'll be intimidating. I think it'll be good for, you know, a lot of the foreign lads are already getting their feeling of what this means to people. I'm sure Wolves fans have stopped them in the street. A lot of them live local. Um, but it's amazing how many... I remember Jamie O'Hara saying to me once, he scored a really good goal against yeah. them. But I always remember him saying to me, I knew it was a big game, but until I walked out to warm up, then I didn't... Then I really thought, oh, okay, this, this is huge. That's that's an interesting point because, and obviously, you work a lot in the media these days. And do you do you ever get the feeling that people don't realise actually how big this game is and how passionate it is? Like even when the draw was made, and like there didn't seem to be much made of it. And I know we had to get past Brentford, but it was like, hang on a minute, this is this is huge. Like we haven't had fans for this game for a, a decade or so. Yeah, it's massive, and you know, for me as well, like. I remember that amazing time beating West Brom 1-0 with Jay Bothroyd. But then I've also got the heartache of I broke my shoulder day before the playoff final, uh, semi-final, sorry. And I never played against in a senior game for Wolves again. So that was really tough. So it brought back that memories of when we got beat in the semi-final. We played them five times that season. Um, but yeah, to go back to people not realising how big this game is, it's crazy. Villa Blues is massive. Wolves West Brom is massive and people seem to all know oh, when it's Sunderland playing Newcastle in the FA Cup this game is huge it's massive and I'd be interesting to see what the managers think of it because I feel that sometimes uh, teams want to use the FA Cup to give a few players a rest maybe give a few fringe players a game but then when you get a game like this which means so much to the fans how can you rest anyone because if you rest a few players and you lose or, or or the best, you know what I mean? You and, and so I think that's another thing that will, will be interesting. I'd love to know the manager's thoughts on it. But yeah, if anybody didn't realise how big it was, they certainly will come, what is it, quarter to 12 kickoff on uh, yeah. Sunday.
I mean, there have been 17 meetings since the turn of the millennium and Wolves have won just three. Yeah. Is there any, you know, can you ever point your finger to to why? And I know for a period of that, you know, you just talked about um, when you were there watching as a pundit and it felt like maybe Albion were the, the established Premier League team over us at that time. But even like by the, the chances, you know, of chance, you'd think that we'd have won more than that. Yeah, well, loads of times when we revolved against them in the championship, we we'd finished above them in the league. We so called had you know we had a bigger budget. We were considerably richer than Yao, you know all that sort of stuff. Uh, yet we just couldn't couldn't get the win, even in the COVID times when they they you know we, I think we drew and they beat us. It's just like again, I would have thought I was really looking forward to them, thinking on, on paper as you say, we were so much stronger team. But yeah, and that's why. As much as Wolves will be favourites, even though it's away from home, you know, it's a Premier League side against a championship team. West Brom have got their sort of struggles. They're doing all right in the championship. You know, they're not a bad team at all. They're well coached, they're well organised. This will be difficult, but I just don't know for whatever reason, even when I felt we should be favourites, you know, all those things, form can go out the window, whatever else. But yeah, it, it hasn't been good enough. It really, really hasn't. And that's why, again, the message to all the Wolves players is go and go for the jugular. Absolutely. Go and take it to West Brom if they can get an early goal. But, you know, if they can, if a win would be amazing and don't think either team would want a, a replay with what they've got going on in the, in the, in the league. But if they could go and make, have an emphatic win, you know, like what West Brom did to us, we own one. We really, really own one. So yeah, if they go and, uh, really give it to West Brom. There'll be T-shirts made of it. Do you still have DVDs, Mikey? <laughs> you know what I mean? Those sort of things anyway. And they, they will go down as proper, proper heroes if they can uh, go and give West Brom an absolute doing at the weekend. On the tactical side of it, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because Wolves, arguably at their best, are a counter-attacking team. You know, press well, win the ball back, strike with players who can take people on at speed. Pedro Neto played at Brighton in this kind of central, like false nine type role, stretch the defense, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't see it being like that against Albion. They'll be in our faces, but will they allow us to kind of dominate the ball? And how, how does that change things? Again, yeah, tactically it will be interesting because Wolves should be the superior side. Um, Craig Dawson will, I wonder what reception he'll get because obviously he's been an excellent servant for West Brom. But I know my old mate Jolene went the other way, and uh, there certainly won't be any sentiment when <laughs> when when Dawson steps out. And uh, you know, I'm sure he'll play. I imagine he'll play. I know he sort of sometimes gets rested for these games, but no, I think tactically it will be it will be interesting because I do think Carlos Colbran Col uh, is a is a very very good manager, and I think they're doing pretty well in the in the in the in the league considering all their issues. I think Gary O'Neill's proved tactically how good he is. Um, but it, yeah, it would be one. I'd imagine that, it, you know, Wolves fans and, and Wolves would expect to have more of the ball. Um, but yeah, West Brom will get at them. They'll have energy. They've got some very, very good players in that team. You know, if Jed Wallace steps on the pitch, you know, if he plays, he's ex-Wolves and he'll have a point to prove. So it's, it, I think it's going to be interesting. Be interesting to see if they play young Josh Griffiths in goal or if they play Palmer. Um, I think Wolves will go with Saar over Bentley, even though I think Bentley probably deserves an opportunity. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the teams. Um, I think both teams will go strong. 
Um, but yeah, I do expect Wolves to have a have a bit more of the ball. And uh, yeah, Neto Neto being back is um, is certainly a, a big big boost. Yeah, he feels like the player for this occasion, right? That if you if anybody's going to step up and just enjoy what this is, he and maybe Mateus Cunha are the kind of people that will thrive off it. Yeah, I think they've got the quality. They're absolute match winners, and with their pace and their their ability to dribble and, and and unlock defenses. So if West Brom do try and sit in at any time, you need players like like them to yeah to to hurt the opposition. If West Brom do decide to look lock on high, then Neto, as I say, I love him. Uh, I think Dorse, if he plays, say he can be key from set pieces and and Marshall in the defence. What well, I just feel, Lamina, I just think he is. He's one of the best players in the Premier League at the moment. And I think he'll go and give Wolves that platform. He's got an eye for goal, the way he breaks up play, the way he gets about, the way he uses the ball. And you always feel in these sort of games, that midfield battle. And, you know, if you need to leave a little, little, just a little reminder, a little marker on someone, I think he plays right on the edge. I'm Honestly, I'm I'm a massive, massive uh, Lamina fan. He's a, he's a bit like my new Connor Cody. Do you know what I mean? I, uh, certain people, you just, I just, yeah, I just love how he plays and, and the, the aura he gives off and the quality as well. So if Gary O'Neill phoned you up, said, Matty, I need someone to, to give a rousing speech to these boys. You know what it's like. You've been there in the heat of battle. What are you saying to them? Um, yeah, trust me. It's the, it's the best feeling ever if you win. And you will, and fans will talk about that. You know, you want you want to be remembered for certain certain moments, but also if you lose, you know, I would say have that fear of losing because it's it's you know it's 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 horrible. It is it's it's horrible. So just leave it all out there. Um, but I but they've got the quality. I really do think that. So I think it's one of them. Go out there, leave it out there. Play. I would also say though, you have to play the game, not the occasion, and that is the bit. Because if Wolves have got the quality, but you, the last thing you want is so that's why I love Lamina. I think you're playing the edge, but the last thing you want to do is something stupid, that tackle that's over the edge, red card, and then suddenly it changes it all. But um, but yeah, I just say go out, suck it all in. You know what it means to the fans and be remembered for uh for generations to come by uh leaving an absolute marker and yeah, go and enjoy it, boys. That's what I'll be saying. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
So we've already heard from Matt Murray and his recollections of playing in Black Country derbies. For Ewan Roberts, it is filled with joy. Four goals in his two appearances in Old Gold against our biggest rivals, including a hat-trick at the Hawthorns 28 years ago. A remarkable achievement that goes all the way back to the 15th of September 1996, which is also the last time Wolves won away at West Bromwich Albion. Here's Ewan's take on that day and hopefully how it may change. It's hard to believe that Wolves haven't been to the Hawthorne since um, and won. And I, I, you know, I, did, I had a look on head-to-heads and stuff like that. I mean, 28 years sounds horrendous, but I think it's only 11 games, isn't it? Yeah, but it still sounds horrendous. It does, it does, it does, <laughs> it does, it does. Um, I mean, it's something that I am extremely proud of, Mike, to be honest with you. I think, am I right in thinking I'm the only Wolves player ever to have scored a hat trick at the Hawthorns? Oh, wow, that, that would be a big claim. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I, I'm sure someone told me that once, but I, I can't, I can't sort of. I'll have to get out the big records book if we're, if we're going back in, in, in all of the history from it. It, it. it is that kind of thing, though, that it, it has stood the test of time. I mean, you know, for those who kind of weren't around at the time, because there'll be quite a few supporters. Yeah, let's be honest, Ian. Like you know, the 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 visions for some of the big baggy shirts with the black sleeves. Yeah. Um, you didn't have any teeth. More goals. <laughs> I still have them. Still have them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it always I know because I've done bits with you before, mate. That it's always kind of stood out in, in what was a frustrating Wolves career for you, but the, uh, the absolute highlight. You know what? I I really enjoyed my 12 months at the club. Honestly, um, it was it was a great dressing room. We had a good mix of experienced pros and young lads coming through. We all got on. It, the, the only sort of frustrating element of it, it was I wasn't guaranteed... I wasn't starting every game. And you, know, you you can't be guaranteed. There was only one person who was ever guaranteed to be starting, and that was Bully for obvious reasons. Um, so I, I was frustrated that I didn't start probably as many games as I would have liked. You know, it was, it was either me and Don with Bully. Um, but I, I I enjoyed my time there. I, have to, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I, I got back from... I'd been to Australia... Um, we've got twin daughters, Evelyn Chase, and Stevie Corica was getting married in Sydney. He'd asked if the girls could be flower girls. So I'd, I'd gone to I'd gone to Stevie's wedding, and we were looking forward to coming back because Stevie hadn't really proved himself to Wolves fans in the time that he'd been at the club, and he he really wanted them to see the best best of him, the form that he'd sort of produced at, at Leicester. So we were really looking forward to to getting back to pre season. First, I get back, I get a phone call off. Uh, Mark McGee's secretary saying, "Oh, the gaffer wants to speak to you," and and the rest is history. Really, the club had accepted mm. a, a fee, so I, I, I enjoyed. You know, it's a magnificent stadium to play in. The crowd are so passionate, and I, I, I've got so much to be thankful for for Wolves fans because at the start, mate, I, I don't, 
I didn't hit the ground running. And as a as a forward, when you sign for a new club, and I I I think it was about one point two million pounds, so it was a lot of money back then. I didn't score for the first six games, but I was lucky we were winning because I was playing next door to Stevie Bull, who scored a hat trick at Grimsby in our first game. So he was carrying me sort of goals wise, and not once, not once, like did they sort of turn on me? Not once did I hear any negative comments, which I'd suffered at Huddersfield. I suffered here at Norwich because I, I had a bad start. First, my debut against Wolves in, in Robbie King's debut, scoring two goals. And they stuck with me, mate. They, they really stuck with me. And I hadn't scored in six games. We went to the Manor Ground on, on a Tuesday in September. I scored my first goal for the club. One in seven. It's still crap, let's be honest, for the centre-forward. But then I go to the Hawthorns on a Sunday and I managed to bag three. So from being sort of none in six to one in seven to four in eight, I was I was I was chuffed a bit, mate. And <laughs> someone asked me today, um, how does it how does it sort of rank in 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 your career? And it's right up there. It is right up there. Cause I'm I'm I never really scored a goal to win a trophy. To win promotion, I scored in the in the playoff final in two thousand and two um, at the Millennium for Norris, but we lost on penalty, so it wasn't really an important goal. I mean, they they were they were really important goals on on that on that September afternoon in in the West Midlands. Is it that's the element, right? And uh, I was talking about this with Matt Murray in terms of you know it, it's one of those fixtures, and look. It, Everybody thinks their derby is the biggest derby yeah. going. You know, I I know the work that you do and and how much you're around the Cardiff Swansea thing, especially. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, they are all great derbies in their own right. But when it comes down to it, from the fans' perspective, if you perform in this one game, you are iconic. You are immortal. You know, and and that will live forever. And you are the absolute archetypal example of that yeah. because everyone will always talk about, it doesn't matter, you could have had a 10-year career at Wolves and, and got close to Bully's numbers and people would still say he scored a hat-trick at the Hawthorns. Yeah, I mean, my first hat-trick, I only scored four. You know, I'm not like Bully who's got like 200 match balls in his house. I got four. The first one uh, was a couple of years before the one at the Hawthorns. That and that was a big game. That was at Filbert Street uh, for for Leicester against Derby, which is which is a local derby. Leicester have got a few. To be fair, they've obviously got Forest, they've got Coventry, they've got Derby. So that was a special one. Um, my second was obviously the one at, um, at at the Hawthorns, and for some reason, I'd always done well against West Brom. Every centre forward has a team where he goes out. And, and and is already thinking I'm going to score today. And for some reason, West Brom, I had a few. I scored against them. I scored. I scored a few against them in my two and a half years uh, at Leicester. I scored a brace for Leicester at the Hawthorns. I scored a brace at Filbert Street against them. Um, I mean, I only scored twelve goals for the club. Four of them came against West Brom. I mean, it, <laughs> it's mental. It is mental. I mean, my, my maths is crap, so I, I wouldn't even go with that third <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, four goals against your your bitter rivals in in massive games, and to do the double over the baggies, it was a it, it was a uh, that Sunday. Looking back, it was a, a bit of a thank you from me. 
to the Wolves fans for sticking with me, for not turning on me, which I'd had in, in, in my career before. Um, they stuck with me. And that was a, a sort of a little thank you very much, Wolves fans, for sticking with me, those those three goals. I'm just looking at the team now, Ian. So uh, let me let me let me can I, yeah. can I name it? Right. Yeah, go on. Stowling goal. Yeah. Tomo. Tomo's in. Which side yeah. are you putting him? Because Mark Atkins played, didn't he? Mark Atkins played. Did he play right back? I think Tomo was left back. Okay, so mm. right, so, but Froggy was left winger then, right? So, so you got Akko right back, Vino, Dean Richards, Dino, bless yeah, him. Yeah, Dean Richards. Uh, Tomo left back. Then midfield, you'd have had Ozzy and Neil Emblem. Uh, n- well, Simon Osborne, yes. Neil Emblem, no. Stevie Corica then. Steve Corica. So then you would have had. Um, Froggy, obviously. Yeah, Froggy. Myself, Bully, and I'm missing one more. Oh. See, if I help you, I think Mark Atkins played in midfield maybe in this game. Oh, okay. uh, Jinky. Yeah, because the first goal, Jinky runs up to me. I'm you sure had Jamie does. Smith. Yeah, yeah, Jinky Smith. Yeah, yeah, little Jinky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's that iconic photo, I think, um, I think it's after my first one. It's not as iconic as the one where Bully's on my back in front of like the yeah. Smithy end, which was full of gold and black. And I've got that sort of toothless grin. It's not as iconic as that, but <laughs> I think um, obviously because I scored score the first two at the at the home end of, of the ground. And I, the first thing in my mind, Mike, is like running towards the halfway line. I wanted to celebrate with the fans. I, I didn't quite manage to, to get all the way to... To, to that Smithwick end, but um, I, I remember Ozzy was sort of jumped right, and I think Stevie Connick, and there was like three of them all on one on on top of one another sort of thing. I mean, it was a magnificent day. It was an absolutely magnificent day. Yeah, uh, the, I'm reading the team out right, and so because one of the things we were talking about is that Wolves are going to be undoubtedly favourites for this game because yeah. it's Premier League against Championship. Yeah. yeah. And you know, for a lot of the period when you played, how how even do you think it was? Do you remember being a, an overwhelming favourite, or did it feel like that in a derby? Um, I, I, if I compare our team to their team, yes, I I think we would have been favourites to, to 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 win both games. To be honest, we are. I, I think we had a better side. I think we had better players. I think the scoreline would sort of suggest that as well to be honest with you um but as you know and people say it so often derbies are, are totally different who who it's who turns up on the day and handles the 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 game more than the occasion so sort of thing it's one the 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 team that sort of whose players keep their heads don't do anything silly because you know it's like people in a derby, a player go, will go out there and he thinks he's got to smash someone within the first five, yeah. ten minutes to make himself a hero. Well, you, you do that and you, you know, you're know you risking getting a, a red card and then you go from hero to zero straight away. But it, it is weird. I mean, only only 12 goals for the club. You know, 12 months, there's only there 12 months. But it doesn't matter. Those, those, those three goals 
at the Hawthorns and, and the goal at the Molyneux because I really enjoyed that one because it was it was a good victory and, and and Dean scored as well. Bless him, then he Dean scored. I think Dino scored the the first. You know, you know, Wolves fans who are old enough to remember. I think, as you say, they they will sort of hold me in in high regard just for for those four goals, which is which is mad, really. How how did you prepare? Can you remember how you would prepare for those type of matches? Did you do anything different, either individually or as a group, when you knew it was a big game like that? Um, I, I don't think I would have changed because I'm I'm really a routine man. I'm quite superstitious. Yeah. Um, probably in those first six games, I changed quite a lot to be honest <laughs> with you, because I was desperate for the goal. But because I I'd scored. On the Tuesday, my routine would have been exactly the same. To be honest with you, I'd have tried to, because I'm quite regimented in 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 that way. If I if I've done something and I've been successful in the game that that I played after doing, then I, I will keep everything the same. I'll get up at the same time. I'll 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 have the same. Thing. I'll give you an example. When I was at Huddersfield, uh, my best season ever. I scored thirty four goals. And we always go to this play, uh, place in, in Huddersfield Town Centre and we'd have pre-match meal in this hotel. I had a bacon sandwich, you want to believe it or not, a, t- a toasted bacon sandwich for my pre-match. I scored, I scored the following game after it, so I never changed a thing. So every home game, bacon sandwich, bacon sandwich, but 34 goals. I mean, it, it was... As a team, did we... I mean, normally we would have gone... We would have gone um, the day before... I think this was quite an early kickoff as well. I'm not sure if it was a one or two o'clock kickoff, but it was an early kickoff than than three, I think. So we we, I mean we 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 stayed in our own own houses. We slept in our own beds, which I much preferred anyway. Um, I don't think we we sort of didn't do much before. We like normally you might go for a walk as a squad. We did do that. We we got to we got to the Molyneux at, at whatever time. We've been sort of told to to report, got on the coach, and made that seventeen mile journey from from the Molyneux to, to the Hawthorn. So I don't think too much. I don't think I don't think you can change too much. I don't think you can sort of put too much emphasis on because we we know how big a game it is. Yeah, I mean it might be slightly different now. I, I mean, someone's asked me this question. Do you know how big a, how big a derby it was? Well, I'd seen plenty on telly. You know, I I I've seen Wolves v West Brom multiple times on uh, live on TV. So I, I got what it I got what it I got what a big game it was and how passionate both and how big arrivals they were. Maybe didn't quite get uh, the bad blood and sort of the hatred to a degree between both clubs. But I knew it was a massive game. I didn't want anybody to tell me, listen, it's the biggest game of the season. Because that's what fans say. They they look first fixtures. They look for oh when when do we play West Brom? When do we play West Brom? So I I knew I knew these these both or these two fixtures we could ill afford to lose. To be fair, um, luckily for us we we won both. Yeah, I mean that's the universal language of football, isn't it? Like no matter where you're from, there will have been a derby where you grew up, where you where you've lived, yeah. your experience of it. And I mean, that's why. So it's an example for you, right? I mean, I, I love watching football. I was working the other week for the third round. Uh, and this is how the FA Cup throws things up. I mean, Newcastle Sunderland haven't played each other for about eight, nine years. 
yeah. in the third round, who comes out of the hat, those turn out. I was desperate to see it because I know it was going to be a cracking atmosphere. The stadium of light was going to be jam-packed, not a spare seat in, in the ground. And I couldn't wait to see it, really, because it's a tiny and weird derby. And it'll be the same on Sunday. It'll be the same on Sunday at the Hawthorns. You know, it, it's just... It is a big game. It is a bit... And you don't have to just live in in, in Wolverhampton or, or, uh, or West Brom or the Black Country to realise what a big game this is because we've seen so many of them over the years. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is goal scoring, is being a striker. Because as you mentioned, you played in an era of the football club where we had loads. <laughs> I mean, even before you, there was David Kelly added into the mix, you know, and... And then, obviously, Steve Claridge turns up at one point and then Robbie Keane comes through. Loads of great strikers, forward players. The, there is a, a high probability that on Sunday, Wolves will line up without a recognised striker. He Chan Wang is away, and even he is not necessarily the archetypal big forward like you and Bully were. So you might end up with Pedro Neto, Pablo Srabi, and Mateus Cunha, who's a different type of forward. Yeah, yeah. Is the striker as you knew it, as you were, is that gone from the modern game? Um, do, do you know what? It is a good point. And I mean, one of the best strikers that the Premier League's ever seen. Now, he's just gone to Bayern Munich, Harry Kane. I mean, he's he's physically, he's, he's I wouldn't say he's an old school centre forward, but, you know, he, he's a big boy. He's a big lad. But... I mean, the things that he does, the way he drops in, into these little pockets in midfield and his, his choice of pass is outstanding. I mean, I think they are different now. I, I, I told them they're asked to play different roles. They're asked to do different things. I mean, I was always, I was always taught, if I could, to stay within the width of the 18-yard box, not to make these runs down. The, of course... There'll come a time in the game when you've got to do that, or you, when you've got to sort of drop into midfield, especially if you're not getting a lot of the ball. But probably ninety-eight percent of the games I played, I had a mate next to me. I, I had a I had a partner next to me. It's not too many times that I was asked to play that low striker that, that the majority of uh, of teams do. But that I, I do think that is a really good point. I do think the art of being an out and out centre forward, a goal scoring machine, if you like, I think I think it is a dying breed. I really do because you, you look now. I, I look at when I go to different grounds. I'm, I'm doing my, my prep for games. And I'm looking at centre forwards, and they've got five goals in 27 appearances. Yeah, I'm scratching my head. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I got absolutely slaughtered for better than that when I went to Huddersfield. <laughs> I look like Stevie Ball with my record going to going to Huddersfield compared to uh, yeah. So I, I think that's a really really good point because I think there's such a, an emphasis now on your wingers chipping in with goals, your your atta attacking midfielders or your second centre forwards, whatever you want to call them. So yeah, I, I think I think it's a great point you make. I think the um, the old fashioned, well not the old fashioned even even the the, the out and out goal scorer. I think. I think it is a dying breed. That that number nine, if you like. I mean, whoever gets the goals, obviously we're desperate for somebody to get them and to win the game. Just to, I guess a final point, Ian, on the element of of how they go there and approach it, because you know that some players might have fear. I don't know whether you ever ever feared anything 
in your career. The nerves, how you handle that. That's a good or, thing. Nerves are good. Nerves. If, if you're not nervous, I think there's something not quite right. Mike, if that makes sense, I, I think that that butterfly feeling in in your stomach as you as you sort of getting off the bus when you're in the tunnel before you walk out. I think that's not a bad thing to have. And you know, they soon disappear when, say, if you win your first header, if you win your first challenge, or when the ball's played up to you, you have a good first touch. They they soon disappear, but I don't think it's a bad thing to to have those types of feelings in 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 your belly, though. So if they go there with confidence, and somebody does become the first player since you and Roberts to score a winning goal for Wolves at the Hawthorns, will there be a part of you that will be sad this weekend? No, but do you know what records are there to be broken? I remember um, for years and years and years. I was, my first ever goal um, was for Watford against Manchester United at Vicarage Road. And I think we, we beat them 1-0. I came off the bench at half-time, scored a winning goal. As a Liverpool fan, obviously, you can imagine how happy I was. Um, and for about 30 years, Watford didn't beat my, uh, Manchester United at home until about well, five, six years ago, and Troy Deeney scored the winner. And I was I was delighted for them. I was delighted for the club first and foremost. I was delighted for for for, for Troy Deeney. You know, records are there to be. No one can still take. I mean, it's a different matter if someone goes out and scores a hat trick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a different matter. I don't really want anybody to do that. No, do you know what? That records are there to be broken. You know, when when Timu Puki signed for for Norwich, you know, he was close to sort of going above me in the club's sort of goal scoring um, chart. Because I'm, I'm third, and I, I thought I thought Timu was going to do it. I'd have been delighted for him because he's a he's a proper proper good lad. And no, honestly, honestly, Mikey, I I just want the club to go through because I think I think Gary O'Neill's coming in. He came in at such short notice, um, didn't get a lot of time to prepare because he, he, obviously what happened happened. I think he's done a tremendous job. I think the club's due a trip to Wembley. Do you know what I mean? I, and, I, and I'd love it. I'd love it if they if they went a long, long way in in this cup. Because whatever, but and I was a bit negative towards the fans. But that was only because when I came back to Wolves, I used to get slaughtered. I used to get absolutely <laughs> slaughtered. And that, and that, I scored four goals against the baggies for you. What, 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 what more do you want? <laughs> uh, but now, I, honestly, I I I really enjoyed my twelve months there, mate. Honestly, I I bought a house in Brosley. Love the dressing room. It's one of the best dressing rooms I've ever been in in, in the 20 years of, of, of being a professional footballer. The Molyneux is a great place, great stadium to play. There's always a magnificent atmosphere. There's such passionate fans. You know, I came from an area in North Wales, and you probably know it well, Barmouth. They're nearly all, well, they're either like United fans, Liverpool fans, or Wolves fans. You know, my dad growing up was a Wolves fan. It was the closest club to my parents, which was really important to me, so they could come and, and watch me play just an hour and twenty minutes down the road. So, I, I I really enjoyed my time there. But I mean, sadly, when the club sort of accepted the fee that they did, it sort of not forced my hand a little bit. But no, so only good things. Only good things. Mate, let's hope that we're at Wembley in May and not Barmouth Absolutely. Beach. As lovely as it is. <laughs> Top man. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.